good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day it is where you happen to be joining us. We are so excited and thankful that you are spending this time with us here on the Hope Rising Ministries podcast. My name is Alex and with me is Trey. What's going on, Trey? Alex, what's up, man? How you doing? Ah, pretty good, pretty good. Excited to uh, you know have another episode and spend some more time with you, man, and, and spending that time unpacking uh, God's Word and, and various things that He's laid on our hearts. So really excited about that. So how's, uh, how's your week been, man? Oh, it's been pretty good, uh, Alex. Um, you know, work is work. and Ugh, Tell me about it. You know, when you get home, uh, y- you pull up in the driveway and you have a decision to make, right? <laughs> you, can either, you can either withdraw, go in, sit down, pull out your phone or turn on the TV and tell everybody to leave you alone because you've had a rough day, mm. or you go, all right, <sighs> let's do family stuff, right? Right. I mean, that's right. that's what you got to do. Right. And sometimes I'm I'm guilty of both, to be honest with you. No, um, speaking of family, I took the boy to baseball ball evaluation yesterday, yeah. and he did quite well, and uh, I was proud of him. And he was so excited. He was so proud of himself. And he's he's going to be a quite a good baseball player. Um, he's 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 a good little athlete. Um, but he he just like me, just like me, when I was growing up, I played for affirmation. Right. I played. Yeah. I tried to do well so I could get a pat on the back, so I could get an attaboy. Um, And you know what? Kids are kids, and they're like that. Um, So give them one, you know? Yeah. Um, I understand. I understand it. Um, But as he grows older and he realizes the importance of teamwork Mm. um, and what what the play means to everybody and not just him, then it it becomes something else, you know? So I'm I'm looking forward to – Watching that kind of watch him grow into that. Yeah, yeah. No, I can I can definitely understand that, and uh, that, that's awesome that he's he's doing well and enjoying it, and you know there's that that interest and desire to play and, and be a part of a team like that. Baseball was one of the things I played from the time I can you know remember. Yeah, picking up a a bat and throwing a baseball, and that was. It was always fun. Like I enjoyed it. Um, and one of the thing, you know, one of the things that was most intriguing and and I guess desiring about it was the team aspect of it. It was just a a very good thing. And then when you made a play, you know, and and the whole team got to celebrate that play, and and because it did benefit everybody. Like right, it's, right. It's pretty special. Um, which I mean, you know, most any team sport can be be that way. But yeah, baseball was one that I I always. Enjoyed probably more than than some of the others. Um, so so real quick, speaking of baseball, uh, I'm kind of biased to baseball. I think it's the purest sport ever. Um, and I you know there's a lot of arguments about what's the hardest sport, and I get it. And I've heard a lot about golf, and golf is hard. I mean, oh, yeah. I, it's the hardest yeah. sport I've ever tried to play. Right. Um, I, basically, I didn't grow up playing golf, so I I didn't start playing golf till I was in my forties. Yeah. So. But here's, here's my argument of why baseball is the hardest sport. If you were to miss green in regulation, like what that means is in, in golf, 
hitting the green when you're supposed to. Mm. Like, right. like if it's a par four, you need to hit the green on your second shot. Right. Right. So and if it's a par three, you need to hit the green on your first shot. So if you miss seven out of ten greens in regulation, you think you're going to college to play golf? <laughs> oh, no. Right, right. But if you hit three out of ten base hits in baseball, you're going to make millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's very. It's hard, man. That ball, that ball jumps around. It's crazy. Yeah, that is very true. Anyway, and, and some just, of the that's just my uh, that's my case. Yeah, some of the science behind it, you know, how long you have to react and respond to the ball from the time it leaves the pitcher's hand to the time it actually gets to the yeah, plate yeah. is insane. The fact that you know we are able to even do those things, and that there's people out there who can read the ball so well they can see the spin and and you know, be able to determine the pitch of the yeah. ball in that short amount of time. Yeah. I Now, that was something, as much as I enjoyed playing and as long as I played, like I was never able to really understand. I was just up there just trying yeah. to make sure it was in the strike zone and taking a swing at it. That's know? right, that's right. <laughs> so, so historically, the best hitters ever, like Ted Williams, mm-hmm. um, Tony Gwynn, right. um, Ichiro, um, just I could go on and on, but those those people not only had that hand-eye coordination and the quickness to think that, but they also had better than 2020 eyesight. Uh, like wow. Ted yeah. Williams said, he could see the seams coming out of the pitcher's hands. That's Even while it was spinning, he could tell <laughs> what the ball was about to do. Right. That's why he was a lifetime 400 hitter. Yeah, that's nuts. Lifetime. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, speaking about crazy, uh, <laughs> or, or things that are, uh, you know, a little strange and difficult to understand. Um, so if you've been joining us for the last few weeks, we are going through a new series now, um, or, or we're in a new season, I'll say, and we're kind of going through this series of episodes where we unpack and we look at and really think biblically and with the lens and filter of Scripture and God's Word um, at different faiths that either are somewhat associated to Christianity, and, and sometimes people will lump them in with Christianity, or are you know um, on the outside of Christianity but yet have some similarities or maybe some bases uh, from within the history of, of Christianity. And so today, uh, speaking of, which is episode 73 of the Hope Rising Ministries podcast, we're uh, episode four of season four. Um, we're going to be talking about something that is not really a denomination, but is a movement and is a, a group of uh We'll say a group of, of people that are following this certain mindset and idea that is set forth by this belief system. And that belief system is called the New Apostolic Reformation. You may have heard of it and um, referred to as just NAR or NAR. Uh, that is often a, a, an abbreviated term that is used to describe or explain something in relation to this this movement and this uh, system of beliefs. But that's what we're going to be unpacking today. So we're excited to be able to dive into that. There is a lot that is involved or related to this particular movement. 
that we will not be able to get to today and it would probably take weeks upon weeks to really and truly dive into it but in the time that we have for this episode we're excited to unpack and discuss what um you know kind of understanding the the background and the basics about what the nar actually is what what is believed and, and what is promoted within that movement um and the dangers and the issues and concerns that come from those who do follow and um, actually teach the things uh, from the NAR. So um, a lot to unpack today, so we're going to get ready to dive in. But hey, if you're listening and you have thoughts or questions or things you want to you know share with us um, or, or anything that we could do to help you, you can reach out to us. You can send us an email at info at hoperisingministries.cc or if you're on Facebook you can find us at Hope Rising Ministries SC. Just send us a message, leave us a comment. We'd love to connect with you, hear from you, encourage you, pray for you, whatever the case may be, uh, please reach out to us. We we always love to to hear and, and um, connect with those who are listening and joining us. So we thank you for that. Um, but yeah, feel free to reach out to us anytime. And let us know if maybe there's a, a particular religion or faith or belief system that you want us to kind of look into and discuss in, in a future episode. And we'd love to uh, take those into consideration as well. But before we dive in, oh, excuse me, before we dive in and get started, Trey, is there anything you wanna, want to uh, set up first? Yeah, um, just I'd just like to, to say that if you're listening and you go, what? Um, new apostolic, which is, you know, the, the root word is apostle. Mm-hmm. And that simply means one being sent. Yep. So yep, the yep, new yep. apostolic reformation. In other words, this movement thinks the church needs to be reformed. It needs to be enlightened, changed mm-hmm. to what God wants. Um, now, why are we talking about this? Uh, well, if, if it wasn't a big movement, we wouldn't be talking about this. Mm. Uh, however, um, this is a huge movement um, that has infiltrated many churches. Um, it, it is, it is um, in the long run, very divisive. It has, it has split and broken up many churches, many marriages, um, it is it has caused people to leave the faith because they were duped, and they don't want to be duped again. If you if you get my meaning, um, so this is very important. Um, and you might think when we start getting into this, you're thinking you might think, man, you got to be kidding me. There's no way right. that this is going on. Yeah, yeah, right. it's going on. Yeah. So um, as a matter of fact. Um, its brand name, the NAR, it, it's actually not new. It's it's an older teaching that's been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that I was involved in in the in the eighties um, and and early nineties. So I have ties to this in my past. So it, it kind of strikes a chord with me um, of how the enemy. Uh, sticks his nose into the church's business mm. and tries to or attempts to lead it astray. So that's what we're going to be talking about. 
Yeah, and so with that, I wanna I wanna set the background. I wanna kind of paint a picture here for those who are listening that that may not know as much about NAR or kind of some of the understandings around the gifts of the Spirit and sort of the the two camps of beliefs around the Holy Spirit um, and the gifts that that are listed in Scripture. Um, related to that and so to be able to lay that out for you and hopefully to help you kind of understand where the NAR lies in some of that um, imagine there's there's two sides of of a fence right and the fence is basically the beliefs in the the gifts of the spirit now these are things such as healing performing miracles prophesying, speaking in tongues, those types of things that are listed in, uh, I believe it's 1 Corinthians, correct me if I'm wrong, Trey, but I think that's the uh, the scripture where you can kind of get what Paul lists out as the, the gifts of the Spirit. Yep. And so that's, the, that's the, the middle line there. And then on one side, you have a group that would be called continuationist. Um, also, you'll hear, you know, as, as charismatics is another, another term and, and grouping there. Um, these are people that believe that anyone with the Holy Spirit and enough faith and belief can perform these things. Um, now, you may not have every gift, but you might have you know, a gift. So maybe if, if you're in this group, you are able to prophesy and do it with confidence. If you are in this group, you may be able to heal people physically, emotionally, mentally, whatever the, the case may be, um, you may be able to speak in tongues and, and perform you know miracles and signs and things of that nature. And so that's kind of that side of the fence, right? The continuationists basically believe that these gifts continued even after the original apostles. Then you have an, the other side of the fence. These would be called cessationists. These are people in the group that believes these gifts ceased with the original apostles and that no individual is able to just willingly perform miracles and signs and prophesy and and do those types of things. However, there is a understanding and an acceptance that, hey, if God wills something to be done, he's fully in control and can allow someone or use someone to, to do a miracle. Um, however, that nobody just carries these, you know, the, these abilities and can use them or perform them at will almost. Um, and so those are kind of the, the two groups there that I want you to understand and have a picture of. Then now, <clears throat> where does NAR fall into that group? So, if you had to pick a group, NAR would be on the continuationist, charismatic side because they fully believe in signs and wonders and miracles and prophesying and, and far other worldly things apart from just those. But they do believe in the ability and the, uh, the capacity of people and individuals to hold these gifts and perform uh, certain signs and wonders. However, they would be on the far, far, far edge and the fringe of the continuationist group. So much so that a lot of charismatics, probably the majority of charismatics, don't agree with NAR and their core beliefs. Um, because it's not just about the gifts for them, but it's 
far more than that as we'll sort of unpack and be able to look at here. Um, anything you want to want to add there? Trey? Yeah. So so here, you know, the the age old argument with um, the difference between your your continuists and your cessationists. Um, here's the thing. One, God is God, and He is a God of miracles, and God can perform any miracle He wants to at any time He wants to do it. All right. Um, he also can perform miracles through his children if he wants to. Come on. All right? Yeah. Um, whenever, whenever, let's say I have a relative who, who is sick, and I do, and, and she is really undergoing hard times with chemo, right? So your, your continuous would say, Father, I believe that you're going to heal her. Thank you for doing it. Mm. And if it doesn't happen, then I guess I just didn't have enough faith to make it happen. It's my bad. Your cessationist would say, Father, you are the God of miracles. You are the King and Lord of all. If it is your will, will you please heal her? Mm. Come on. And and yeah. no matter what, which way it goes, may you be glorified. Yeah. So that's the difference between the two, yeah. okay? Now, the first one is a is a look. Wouldn't we want the ability to be able to have enough faith to do that? Mm. Isn't that enticing? Isn't that luring? Of oh, course yeah. it is. Yeah. All right, but that's not the point. The point is, what is the will of God Almighty? That's the point. Yeah. What does He want? Okay? That's good. When, if you read Acts, if you just read Acts, you know, after you read the Gospels, read Acts, and what you'll find is that the miracles are heavy at the beginning of Acts, and they wane off. They don't wane off because Peter didn't have any more faith or because Paul didn't have any more faith. They wane off because the miracles are were evidence that those people had God's word. Mm. Come on. Which is the most important thing. Not the miracles. Right. Jesus told people that. Look, you're you found me today, not because of who I am, but because you want to get fed again. Yeah. Because that miracle that happened yeah. yesterday. Come on. All right. That's the enticement of the NAR. Yeah. 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 And that's that's where <clears throat> you know the the you used enticing as the kind of the term there that draws people in. That's what makes it so intriguing and interesting to believers is, oh, I can do more. I can have more. And, and you know, there's this sense of I can be closer to God or I can, you know, it's kind of the way that people look at faith, right? Faith is not about the quantity that you have, but it's more about the purity, the quality of mm -hmm. faith you have, that you believe Jesus is who he says he is, that you have the power and the ability to do you know, certain things, and that's to, to make it even through a particular storm or situation in life. You see, so it's not about... Um, you know, it's not about quantity. It's it's more about quality. And people look at this as, I can have more. I can do more. Okay, so so let me add one more thing. There, 
in that in the in that movement there is an underlying shame that is that is put upon people who quote unquote don't have the faith mm, don't have yeah, enough faith yeah okay yep. so they would say it's a cop out to pray Lord thy will be done mm, right Right, because they say it's God's will that you are able to do miracles in order to bring about what God wants on this earth. Yeah, and I've heard in line with that, I've heard a a well known pastor say something similar to the the phrase of God wants everyone to be healed, and so therefore in that belief system and in that group it's up to us to therefore have the faith enough faith to be able to perform the healing so that everyone can be healed and a lot of what they do and you you illustrated this a minute ago is it's more of a declaration rather than it is a petition for god to do something when they're praying it's more of, God, I declare that you will do this. I declare that you are going to do this rather than, Lord, if it be your will, yep. may you do this. So, so in this movement, the, they, they really firmly believe that there are power in your words. Mm, mm. Okay? Like, almost like, not just almost, but like you can, you can create with your own words. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know, but one person... Or one being that can do that, and that's yeah. God Almighty. Amen. He said, "Let there be light," and there was light. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, basically, you are required in this movement to learn how to do that, mm. to speak things into existence. I'm not talking about let there be a pencil on the desk. <laughs> right. Right. No. Okay. I I'm talking yeah. about <clears throat> that cancer better be gone out of that person right now in Jesus' name. Yeah. Okay. Well. Good gracious! If that's God's will and that happens, that's a wonderful thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, is is now is that person born again? Is that person going to go to heaven? Mm. Is that person going to live forever, or is that person just healed, and now it's going to die and and what? Right. Yeah. So the miracles aren't the most important thing. It's the mir- the greatest miracle of all is when a person is woken up mm. by God Almighty by saying, "I want you to hear. Yeah. I want you to know yeah. me." That's the greatest miracle. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. So anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the that that's one of the big concerns and, and one of the areas of of um, danger when it comes to the NAR and how they lead people away from the truth of the gospel into these. Hey, there's more than what you know. There's more than what you've experienced. Let me show you how to how to achieve that and how to get to that level. Um, but to give a little bit more uh, background and, and foundation to the NAR, so it was a term coined by a man who is referred to as the father figure of the New Apostolic Reformation. Um, his name was uh, C. Peter Wagner. Uh, I believe he passed away in like 2016. So that even goes to show you how relevant and, and how recent you know, these types of, of beliefs and movements have been in the sense of like in, you know, we'll say the last 60, 70 years, right? Like right. they're they're very 
near in in time frame. It's not something that happened two, three, four hundred years ago even, but rather something that is is very recent in the idea that there is new revelation that has to be be given to right. the people. And now <clears throat> I'm just going to run through and hit the the high points of the core beliefs of the NAR, and then we'll dive more deeply into them. Um, the first one is apostolic governance. Now, this is where um, the apostles, who are the the kind of leaders and high figures of the NAR, they are the authority of the church. Um, they are above pastors and evangelists and teachers and preachers, anyone in ministry. They are kind of like they are at the top or, or close to the top. Then they, you have um, the role of prophets. This is another core belief of the NAR, which we'll touch on and talk about. These are modern-day prophets, not just talking about the importance of the biblical prophets, but these are modern-day prophets who are able to give new proclamation, new vision to what God is trying to reveal. Then you have the, the idea of dominionism, which is bringing the kingdom of God to earth today. Uh, then there is theocracy, which um, you may have heard something uh, referred to as the, the seven mountain mandate. Um, this is where they believe that we should have, um, which I'm not going to say I fully disagree with this, but I disagree with the, the kind of the end goal that they have here or the principles behind it in some cases. But they believe that they should have people in positions of religion, family, education, government, media, arts and entertainment, and then business. So those are the seven areas of, you know, or the seven quote-unquote mountains. And arts and entertainment are one. The reason behind that, it's called the seven mountain mandate. Yeah. So the reason behind that is you have seven main societal spheres in, in, let's say, America. Right. And you just, you know, <clears throat> mentioned them, religion, family, government, um, arts and entertainment, media. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me, education. Um, so what's, what's kind of ironic about that is that they believe that there is supposed to be a main leader mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In, that's over all these seven areas, therefore... It would be, I don't know about easier, but I guess that's the best way to put it. It'd be easier to to bring the kingdom of God here on earth, right? And right. all the money and all the wealth of the world comes into the church. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. However, let me tell you what's ironic about that. The opposite is happening. Mm. You know who's in charge of uh, family, education, government, the media? You know who's in charge? The enemy is. Mm. Now they would say, "Well, that's that's why we're trying to take it over." Right. 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 Well, I I got news for you. Yeah. The kingdom of God is Jesus Christ. Amen. That's who the kingdom of God is. Yeah. And when He comes back, He's gonna do it. Yeah. All right. It's yeah. not up to me. It's not up to you. What we do is we live the Word. Mm. And, and let God do what God does. Right. And we trust him that he's going to save who he's going to save. Mm. That's that's how it happens. Yeah. So anyway, 
Um, one more thing. So this this seven mountain mandate is what what is dominionism, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the dominionism and theocracy kind of coupled together. That's, right, right. That's how they come about with that that goal. So what's interesting is how the New Age movement and the Word of Faith movement um, trickle into this. Mm, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. So much so. <clears throat> it's not. It's not that they say, well, okay, we have to have New Age teaching and we have to have Word of Faith teaching. It's like the New Age movement and the Word of Faith movement are lured in by this teaching because it's so close. Mm-hmm. So, so you have an infiltration into the NAR from the Word of Faith and the New Age movement. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're so close together that they just all, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I agree with you on that. Or, hey, that's that's an interesting idea that you believe, you know, for example, when you talked that you touched on this a little bit earlier, but, you know, word of faith, like you can speak things into existence. Hey, you want that new job? You say you're going to get that new job and you make that happen like you speak it into existence. And, man, we could go down a rabbit hole on the way they view um, the power of words. Not just the words, but the sound that you speak like, has particular I'm, vibrations. Man, I think I'm getting sick. Man, right. don't say that. <laughs> right. Because you're going to get sick if you say that. Speak life. Yeah. Look, I get what's behind that. I get it. Yeah. But this that's taken to a way another level in the NAR. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. See, and that's that's where, you know, if you take some of the some of the beliefs that they have, right, and you look at them biblically, you can say, okay, yes, I agree to an extent. Scripture aligns with this, but then they they go another ten football fields down the you know down the road trying to take this into and make it into something that's not. Yep. They they stretch and they they twist scripture. And that is where it becomes extremely dangerous because then you begin to think and believe not biblically but very worldly and very dangerously because it takes you further and further away from God where they will tell you that we're going to bring you closer to God. We're going to help you to understand and be more like God. Mm-hmm. And that's where they start to take you away from the truth and the core of the gospel. Yeah, yeah. Which is Jesus. You know, the, the, the root of it is... The, the root of the whole thing we're talking about today is this. You can be like God. Mm. Which, you know, is, and it's, which is the first thing that, that that's the that's the first lure to Eve was, man. did God really say that? You know, you can be like him. That's yeah. why he don't want you to know because you can be like him. Yeah. Oh, man. And you know, it's crazy because if you look back at the last, you know, two or three weeks that we've been kind of unpacking different religions and different faiths, they all center and kind of come back to that same temptation of, hey, you can be like God. And that's where, as a as a Christian, that's why it is so important for us to be in God's Word. To read his word daily, not just on occasion once every so many weeks or something, not just a few times a year, but to be in God's word. Because if you're not in God's word, someone can tempt you and lead you to believe anything they want to 
because it's it tickled your ears and it's very intriguing and enticing because yep. it it meets your fleshly desires. Yep. And that's where we have to be careful. That's why we have to allow the Holy Spirit to guard our hearts, our yep. thoughts, and, and just kind of help us to be protected from those things. So that's a very good point, Alex. Let me tell you why. One, you, you got a question. Um, who Who's in the New Apostolic Reformation? Mm. How do I know if a church is in it or not? I mean, can I not just look that church up? Do they not have a directory? No, they do not have a directory. Yep. Like if I want to look up um, the churches in the Southern Baptist Convention or the churches in the uh, PCA, yep. um, I can just look them up. And I, there's a list of churches. You cannot look up yep. churches who are in the NAR. It's a, it's a tight network that is private. Yeah, They, they keep it amongst themselves. So basically, what you have to do is test the teaching of the church, Absolutely. of the leader yep. of that church. What are they teaching? Yep. How are they are how are they interpreting scripture? Are they trying to get you to understand stuff that's new? Mm. Are they trying to say, "Hey, um, I heard from God the other day, and let me tell you what what else this verse means." Yeah. Yeah, that's, oh man, that's where it starts to get so whoa. dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? Yep. yep. Like, so, so a big part of this movement is there's so much more that yeah. you need to know. There's yep. so much more that the Bible's saying. As a matter of fact, the Bible might not be enough. Mm. I've heard that. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, let me let me read one verse out of Hebrews. This is Hebrews chapter one, verse one. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. Mm. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. Mm. Come on. Okay? Come on. So, how does that work? Okay? Jesus is the word. All his teachings... And, and everything that he did, the Holy Spirit reminded the apostles, and they wrote it down. Right. And the Holy Spirit taught them what it means. That's why we have Scripture. Okay? Mm -hmm. To the NAR, that apostleship fizzled out. And God has reinstated it, right. which is sort of like Mormonism <clears throat> yep. that we talked yep. about last week. And I encourage you to go listen to that, Yeah. And now these people are telling us what the scriptures really mean. That's not how it works. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's that's the, in the list of core beliefs we were talking about, that's, that's that number one, the apostolic govern, governance, where these apostles, these leaders have authority in the church. They are above all the other, you know, pastors, preachers, teachers, evangelists, those types of, of individuals. They lead them. That's they are the ones that they proclaim all these other, you know, individuals, pastors, and teachers should be getting their information and their guidance and their um, teaching from is from them. And it's because they bring that uh, and, and I've, I've read this in a couple different places and, and heard people say this, and this is the key, because these apostles have extra biblical 
revelation. Something that is outside of Scripture and God's Word. Something that you can't find on your but own. But they claim it to be as scriptural. Right. They, they claim it to be equal to God's Word. But yet it's something you can't get on your own. That's why you need them. That's why they are in the place listen, they're in. That <clears throat> is is very, and I'm going to use it again, enticing. That's very oh, yeah. luring. Right. Um, right. People who, <coughs> excuse me, people who seek God, mm-hmm. people who have a heart to really seek God, to hear God's voice. Yeah. And you, How many times have you heard that lately in the past few years? Oh, yeah. okay, are you hearing God's voice, mm-hmm. right? So they grab a hold of that emotion yeah. and steer you the wrong way. Yeah. Period. Um, it happened to me. And then when I got out of it, and I thought I was good, next thing you know, I'm in it again. I'm telling you, I started listening, without knowing what it was, I started listening to some of the pastors that are involved in this movement. Right. And I remember one day, it was an Easter sermon, it was an Easter Sunday sermon from Bill Johnson from Bethel. <coughs> Excuse me. So we'll talk about Bethel maybe one day. Um, so if you don't know, Pastor Johnson is considered to be one of the apostles in the NAR. I'm sorry. I got a tickle. So I am in the laundry room where I have my dartboard set up. So I'm in there throwing darts. I'm just throwing darts and I'm listening to his Easter sermon. Right. And believe me, some of his teachings were and are very, very enticing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was loving it because I was real hungry at the time. Like real hungry. Yeah. And he was telling me that, oh, there's more. And you know how good it feels to know something that somebody else doesn't know in the church? Right. All right. Yeah. So I'm like, man, I can I can get involved in this and I can start, you know, understanding deeper stuff. So here's where it ended. I'm sitting here throwing darts. <clears throat> I'm sorry. And I, I apologize for not knowing the exact date, but it's an Easter Sunday sermon. And I think it was 2016. I'm so sorry. 2017. And this is what he said. It stopped me at mid-throat. You do know that Jesus didn't rise himself up from the grave. So I stopped. I'm so sorry, Alex. I got a cough. You're good. So I stopped and I went, what did you say? So I rewound it. In John 2, he's in the temple. He's driving out the, he's clearing the temple. He told those who sold the pigeons, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. So the Jews said to him, what sign will you show us to do these things? And Jesus said, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. John 10. (coughs) Sorry, that that felt better. 
I have also sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them in also, and they will listen to my voice. There will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I laid down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me. I lay it on my own accord, and I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. Mm. So at that point, when he said, look, Jesus didn't rise himself up from the grave. That did it. That started my journey on figuring out what was going on. So what, what he was actually saying, and if you listen to that sermon, you'll have to look it up. It's an Easter sermon. What he was saying was that the deity of Christ was not present while he was dead. Mm. Um, that's a problem. Right. So, you know, Alex, what, what do we do with this teaching? What do we do with people who may have questions about where they are in church? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the... <laughs> Probably the best advice, you know, when it's when someone is presented with a teaching like this that is extremely questionable and can cause some concern is essentially to look at Scripture. Go directly to God's Word. Let God's Word reveal to you the truth. And so if something sounds odd and concerning and strange and weird, let God's Word show you if that... If, it, if there is any truth in it or if it should just all be thrown aside, right, and thrown away. Um, because the the danger – now, here's, here's the other thing. There are pastors, there are teachers that you could go to. For example, if I had questions about something I heard, a particular teaching, Trey, you are one of the individuals that I would trust to go to and be able to help me to understand and discern what this is. Is it truth? Is it something you know, uh, something wrong? Is it something that needs to be thrown out, something that needs to be called out, whatever? So there are people you can go to, but you have to be careful because then it's almost like you're in this circle because if you go to the wrong person, someone who is maybe not as scripturally sound as you are as an individual, but yet you go to them asking for advice, or someone who believes in the teachings of the NAR, yep. then they point you in the wrong direction. So it's very, it's, it's a very thin line that we have to walk in order to be able to navigate these types of situations and scenarios because they sound good, and you can be convinced that, hey, this is, this is good for you. This will help you. This will allow you to be closer to God and to, right. to have more vision, a clearer vision than what other people have. And like you said, that's where it gets enticing because you're like, oh, I can know something that other people don't. Yep. I can have that vision and understanding and clarity that other people are missing because we all want to be the smartest person in the room. And so if we can have that secret sauce or the secret ingredient yep. then we want that and so that's what we are allured to follow let um, me give you an example real quick yeah we talked about it a minute ago how can i hear god's word how can i hear god's voice so many many people who are affiliated with the nar 
have written a lot of books on this subject. And you can buy them. And you can read them. And most of it has poor advice. Right. Um, but let me save you the trouble. And let me save you the money. Open up your Bible. Mm, come on. Yes. You want to hear God's voice? Open up the Bible. <clears throat> yep. And you go, well, Trey, wait a minute. I mean, that, you know, but, uh, hold on, hold on. So what are you really asking? Um, I want my life better? Is that what you're really asking? I want, I want to feel better about myself? I want my work to go better? I want my friendships to go better? I want my relationships to go better? I'm going to need my finances to be better? Is that what you're saying? Mm. I want to hear God's voice? So why are you asking that? That's one. Right. If you really want to hear God's voice, open up your Bible. Come on. You, we do not walk by how our life is going. Come on. We walk by faith. Yes. Amen. And, and a sign of how your life is going is either one of two things. It's either trials and tribulations that God is allowing in your life to teach you lessons, or it's trials and tribulations that you have caused in your own life that's going to have to teach you lessons. It's one of the two. Yeah. And it's okay. Whichever one it is, open up the Bible, get you some truth, hear God's word in there, and then ask him to help you start sorting stuff out. Mm. Yeah. Amen. You know, and one of the one of the pushbacks that you get when you tell somebody, oh, well, use God's word um, to kind of guide you, to teach you, to lead you and, and to help to reveal these things for you. A lot of people will say, well, God's word's outdated. It's so old. It was written. There's got to be more thousands of years ago. Right. It, it's it's not meant for today's time. But let me read you something from Hebrews chapter four, verse 12. For the word of God is alive and active, not dead and outdated, but God's word is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You want help or advice for your life today? God's Word is alive and active. It is something that can guide you right now. Was it written thousands of years ago? Sure. But it is still as true today as it was then. Amen to that. We can count on it as much as the disciples and the apostles were when they were writing this. And even before that, when they were going by the Old Testament and they were using it to guide them and to lead them, there is truth in this. And it is relevant today. So you can use God's Word to help you because it can allow you to discern the untrue teachings the false teachings of groups and belief systems like the NAR. You see, we, we've talked a lot about you know their apostolic governance, the apostles, and even the prophets can be grouped in that. They're two you know, of the highest roles in that, in that organization or in that group movement. And so I want to give you some scripture, if you're listening, that sort of counters against those two beliefs in particular. So for apostle, right, they believe that there are new apostles today that have been given revelation from God and are there to be authority in the church. Let me read from you Acts chapter 1, 
uh, two verses here, when the disciples are looking for an, a new apostle to actually replace Judas, right? Judas had died, and so they're looking for someone with qualifications, all right? That's what we're going to look at right here, the qualifications that are required to be an original apostle, and these are found in Acts chapter 1, verses 21 and 22. It says, Therefore it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus was living among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must be a witness with us of his resurrection. Now, no one today can meet all of those qualifications. Nope. The only qualification or the only particular list item there that, that we can meet today is that we have been sent on a mission. Because we all as Christians are sent on a mission. See, that's what apostle means. And Trey, you said this earlier. Apostle just simply means one who has been sent on a mission. So this may be the case for us today, many of us. All of us as Christians are, are called to do something. Our mission is to share the gospel, right? The good news. We have Jesus. We need to share him with the world. Now, we have been called maybe to do that in different ways. And maybe you've been given the gift of you're someone who can stand in front of thousands and preach. Maybe that's your gift. Maybe you're someone who can sit down with a small group and help to understand and teach God's word. Maybe you're someone who can... You're very athletic. You can coach a team and help those on that team to understand and to learn to think biblically or to act and interact with others as Christ has called us to. So we have different avenues for which we have been sent on this mission. But the only, only the original apostles can say that they were sent out by Jesus and and had that experience walking with him during his time of ministry. And where they take it a step further is in the extra biblical revelation. And I want to pair this with what you read from Hebrews earlier, Trey. Mm -hmm. Revelations 22, verses 18 and 19 says, I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this scroll. If anyone adds anything to them, God will add to that person the plagues described in this scroll. And if anyone takes away or takes words away from this scroll of prophecy, God will take away from that person any share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this scroll. As you said, there is nothing that we don't already have that God's word does not reveal to us. And it is incredibly dangerous and concerning for someone who says, hey, I have something that God revealed to me that you don't have and that you can't find on your yep. own. That's where it gets incredibly scary in this group when you start hearing teaching that is outside of the Word of God. And that should be where we allow the Holy Spirit to raise that red flag in us when we hear it, just as it happened to you, that says, oh, wait a second. Did I hear that right? Yep. And go back and listen to it again. And then have conversations. Reach out to people that you trust, that you know, think, and believe, and follow what the God, what the Word of God actually teaches. Yep. Uh, and, and so that's where you know we have to be very careful, and we have to allow ourselves to be to be cautious and to be hesitant to follow what someone says. Yep. 
Um, you know, there's something about the written word, okay? So you have a, a record from original transcripts <clears throat> written in English that you can go buy at the store, you can get on your phone for free. Yeah. So we talked about the Jehovah's Witnesses two weeks ago. Well, they retranslated the Bible because they couldn't believe what they believe with what's already written. Yep. Okay. Now, yep. didn't you? We talked about Mormonism last week. They also added many um, writings to coincide with what they believe yep. because they can't they can't use what is already written and be sound in their belief. Mm. So then you have the New Apostolic Reformation and its leaders and they have to enlighten you with something new from yeah. what is already written. Come on. All right. Do you understand? You see the pattern that's going on here? Yeah. Let me tell you something. What's already written is extremely powerful. It's alive, like you just read. It's alive. Amen. Yeah. It don't play around. As a matter of fact, when you say, "How's reading the Bible going to help my marriage? How's reading the Bible going to help my finances?" Let me tell you something. Alex just read it a minute ago. The Word of God is active. And it says it divides even soul and spirit, joints and marrow. That goes back to the sacrifice where the priest used to cut the sacrifice in half. What does the sacrifice have to do with? Sin. So a lot of people don't want to read the Bible because it points out mm. you. Yeah. Yeah, come on. Okay. Preach. So here's another one. This is, this is Paul's word to Timothy. This is in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Starting with verse 1. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead by his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but Having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. And they will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. But as for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of evangelists, fulfill your ministry. Hmm. Come on. And that's where we have to be careful not to fall into the group that is led astray, um, that begins to listen to and believe other, other teachings of this world. Because that's what it is. If it's not of God, it is of this world. If it does not glorify God, and if you cannot use Scripture to confirm and validate it, it's of this world. So if you're listening today and maybe maybe you maybe you attend a church or you heavily or regularly listen to a pastor that teaches things that sound a lot like what we've talked about that fall under the authority and belief system of the NAR and you're concerned about it or you're questioning it or maybe you have a, a differing opinion of those things. 
and you want to reach out and you want to have a conversation about it, we would love to hear from you. Uh, send us an email at info at hoperisingministries.cc or if you're on Facebook, find us at Hope Rising Ministries SC. Send us a message. We'd love to have a conversation, love to talk with you about that and walk with you through that. And maybe you've had an experience in a church or in a group that has been like very heavily um, and openly NAR and following those beliefs and those systems and you want to share your thoughts or your experience, we'd love to hear from you as well. So reach out to us. Let us know. Um, we'd love to talk with you. But for everybody listening, as Trey mentioned, a lot of the reason behind people not wanting to follow God's word or spend time in God's word is because it really and truly does reveal to us how bad we are and how dirty we are and and how much help we actually do need. Yep. And it reveals that we need a savior because we cannot save ourselves no matter how hard you try or what anyone has told you, you cannot save yourself. Salvation only comes through Jesus Christ. Yep. And so if you don't have that or don't understand that we want to pray with you and we want to encourage you and we want to talk with you about that and get you plugged into a church that is where you live in your community that believes that, that preaches that, that teaches that and will help to disciple you and encourage you in your walk with Jesus. So if that's you, just reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you as well. But thank you so much for everyone who has spent time listening to us and allowing us to walk through and unpack these things. We appreciate your time. Thank you, Trey. I uh, enjoyed it, and it's very encouraging to me as always, so I appreciate it. Yep. Uh, if you're listening, thank you. We love you. We hope you have a great week, and we can't wait to see you again next time. God Peace bless. out, peoples.